coming to you from various places around the world. This is the Global Exhibitor Podcast, the podcast designed to help exhibitors succeed internationally. These complainers, you know, they're not bringing anything to the table. And I will say to people, also at the start of the training, if you don't like what I'm telling you now, stay at home. Now, I'm Dutch, eh? <laughs> I'm Dutch. And we can say that. And then, yeah. Your host for the Global Exhibitor Podcast is Jeff Hanna, a designer, entrepreneur, business strategist, industry thought leader, and student of world cultures based in the United States. Here's your host, Jeff Hanna. Well, hi, everybody. This is Jeff Hanna, your host for the Global Exhibitor Podcast. I'm excited today to be on location at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas at the annual Exhibitor Live show with a special friend, Han Leenhouts, who is from the Netherlands. He's actually from Den Haag, or The Hague as we know it in English, which I've been to only in the winter when it was really cold, but it's a cool place. Han, it's good to have you. Well, thank you to be here, uh, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Good, good. Well, for those people who may not know, and we'll get into this in just a minute, uh, he is a best-selling author of a book called Sales and Pepper. He also is widely sought after as a speaker, trainer in the exhibition industry in many countries, I think maybe 200 different locations around the world. Uh, has he done teaching and training? Um, great speaker and, and teacher from that perspective, but he's well-connected and well-known uh, in the industry, and it's uh, just a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, the pleasure is all uh, mine. The pleasure is all mine. Thanks. Happy to be here. Well, let's get into some questions. The first time I ever met you, you were speaking at a conference and presenting about your book, I think, Sales and Pepper. Yeah. And you said something at the time that I thought was really interesting, and it's a relatively simple statement, Yeah. but it was really profound, and that is, I've never seen anybody complain when they got stopped and someone approached them or talked to them yeah. on the trade show floor. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's obviously true, right? But that that is a big part of what you try to push and promote through your training and, and activities like that. Is yeah, that that's right? what I do because people tend to be afraid like, oh yeah, maybe they want to be left alone. And uh, that is not the case. That is n never the case, and, and in no country where I've ever trained, it's always okay to approach people, but the big thing is that people think, oh yeah, they might say no. They might say no, they yeah. might not engage, but no one will go to the organization, have a complaint about your company. Yeah, we have a complaint, what is the complaint? Yeah, they try to talk to us. I mean, it's never gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, no, that's right. So, and you have an amazing amount of experience all over the world, training and stuff. Um, what do you really focus on when you're doing training with people in, in those different cultures? And I'm, I'm guessing it's training with the local cultures there. Well, those people have their culture because they are from a certain region. If I, I'm, my latest count was that, was that I was in 37 countries, and that means North America, South America, all over Europe, Middle East, and Far East. Mm -hmm. um, and what do I focus on? Uh, well, I've... To be honest, Jeff, I do the same everywhere. People ask me like, oh yeah, you go to that country, do you adapt your training? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, the answer is no. Okay. 
because the interesting thing is that when people go to trade shows and those are the people I'm training everywhere in the world they want to have one thing future sales mm-hmm. it's the same everywhere <laughs> if, yeah. I'm, if I'm in Asia in, 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 in Vietnam or in Indonesia those people want to sell their their, their, their products their food products their, the, the things they make the wooden uh, wooden uh, furnitures yeah and so it's the same everywhere now there are of course differences in the culture in the way you give feedback the way you speak in some countries it's yeah well there's even yeah i have to be honest on that a difference between men and women when i'm in a group it's sometimes awkward that i ask a question to a a, a, a lady and then the man gives the answer and i'm like okay yeah. there it's always be be gentle and and well respect the culture um but I tend to focus on how much we are alike, and we're more alike than we're different. As humans, yeah. As humans. And although there are a lot of courses, and, and I do respect those on cultural differences, and it's important to know, but I tend to focus in my training because it's an engagement training, and engagement is the same everywhere. We we, we shake hands differently, or we have an, another, in India, they, they, they do the, 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 the hand palms to, together. Yeah. But it's still to have a conv- to start a conversation, have a conversation, and finish it in the right way. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking at the commonalities that you can pull people together with, yes. not the differences. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. What got you interested in doing this in the first place? Um, I was a well working for a stand building company for uh, almost ten years before I went into training, and during that time, we had numerous companies coming up to us and say, "Hey, Han, uh, we're not going to the next show." Well, that was not a good thing for us because we couldn't sell our booth anymore. And my question always was, "Why?" Oh, okay, yeah, I, I hear you. Why not? Well, you know, Johan, you know. Um, it was not so successful. I said, okay, um, and, and what was your definition of success then? And you're nodding, <laughs> because not a lot of companies, well, we don't know, and I say, yeah, well, you don't know, you're saying that's not a good media, not a good thing to do, but you didn't know what you wanted to get out of it. No, not really, yeah. Well, you know, it costs a lot of money, and what does it really bring? I said, well, yeah, but I couldn't convince them. They were. And I thought, how can this be? And the first thing I did was say to all my salespeople, go more for the goals. Why do people want to have a boost? Because, well, we can talk about that uh, up front. And what you normally do as a stand builder, you have the handover moment, like, okay, this is the booth, yeah, this is the drawing, this is where the reality, okay, change through things, and here's my card, and I hope you never call me because then everything went well. And then we see you in one, two, three or four days. Yeah. But now we went on the second and the third day to see what were they actually doing with our booth? Mm-hmm. What are they doing with it? Yeah. And that was an eye-opener because we were like, when they were treating us like a potential partner for building their stand, they were treating us like, oh, with, yeah, we want this and they have all those demands. Yeah. So I was like, okay, they're professionals. So I expected that kind of professionalism when they were executing the exhibition. <laughs> that wasn't the case. They were just... Well, and you see it every day. I mean, the moment where 
doing this. We're at uh, Exhibitor Live in Las Vegas, and, and, and I love all my fellow <laughs> exhibitors there, but I saw a few examples where I was like, guys, we're back, do something. Get off your phone, there is something looking at your stall, engage. Yeah. And uh, those people, well, back in the days, were not doing that, so I thought, okay, but if we train them, yeah. then we might uh, bring them success and they might buy our booth uh, again. So the first thing I had to do, I was in the Netherlands by that time, try to find an agency who does exhibition training, booth training. I couldn't find it. There was no mm. spe uh, agency uh, specialized in that uh, area. So I came to uh, work with a general sales agency. They said, oh, we do that too. And then we made an offer to our uh, clients. And by that time, the company I was working for, there was in the time you had direct mail. You cannot think about that. But we sent out 60,000 copies of our uh, magazine. And we had a good article and um, background info. And you know what? No one bought it. Hmm. We were offering it. People said, yeah, it's a good idea, but uh, we're not going to do it. And uh, you know the reason? No. Now, the reason was that they said, it's funny to buy a training from a trade show company from a booth builder they couldn't get their head around that we were offering that kind of service nowadays it it's okay weird to them yeah it felt weird they couldn't get a hand around so that are these only dutch companies or anybody in no Europe those were also they? international company but but the, our, our focus was the, by that they're mainly uh, on the uh, on the dutch uh, market yeah and they didn't uh, they were not buying it and uh, well then i left that company mm -hmm. and uh I still thought it was, it, I, 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 you know how it is. Most people you interview, once you're in the industry, you don't get out, which is, it's not a prison because it's a nice place to be. Yeah? It's, it's, it's an interesting place to be. Lots of energy, lots of yeah, good vibes. So I love to be there. Yeah. Uh, but that, I was, that shows all the time when I'm ever around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is true. And um, so I started my own company. Uh, I said, well, I'm going to focus on this. Yeah. And once I was an individual company, people said, yeah, okay, yeah, now I'm going to buy it. Well, first only the Netherlands, and then it grew, and then I was in all the countries. Hmm. So, yeah, you've published several books, or sales and Well, several, uh, two books, two books, uh, to, to be honest. And then the, the first one was, I was at a seminar from another guy, and he said, well, my wife said, why don't you write a book? And then the guy said, uh, well, I have nothing to write about. And his wife said, yeah, but you wrote several columns. And then he put them in a book and I thought, that, that's interesting. So I did that. <laughs> I put my, because I was writing for uh, a Dutch uh, expo magazine and uh, I wrote a lot of columns and I just took all my columns, which I wrote, redirected them, put them in a book. It was bilingual, both Dutch and, uh, and English. Yeah. And I sold uh, 6,000 uh, copies. And then a few years later, a lot of, Clients came up to me and said, yeah, Han, you're doing... A bit of my training is how to open the conversation, how to break the ice. And uh, I always say to the, group, to the group, well, what happens when you enter a shop? Yeah, what do people say? Those salespeople, yeah, they're trained to be sales. Yeah, well, uh, hello, can I help you? Yeah, okay. What is always the answer? No, no, no just looking I'm around. Fine. Yeah, I'm yeah, just I'm looking. fine. I said, what if uh, those people would ask you another question? Yeah, what do you mean? I said, well, what if they would say, and it actually happened to me, Jeff. I once had to buy a new suit and I went into the store and then a guy came up to me and said, hello, sir, what am I going to do about your image today? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Uh, and I was triggered positively. I was like, 
What a nice way to open. I say that to groups, and some of the groups say, oh, I would run out immediately. I say, yeah, I understand, but it's, it's a different approach. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, yeah, but it's hard. Yeah, what do I see? Yeah, well, yeah. And then I thought I must help them. And for several categories, I came up with open-ended questions. Um, uh, icebreakers for trade shows, so it's uh, Pepper Talk 2.0, <laughs> and it's 224 icebreakers. One for people who are passing by, one who is looking at your booths from a distance, one who is actually close, one who's taking a brochure, uh, one is taking one of your gadgets. Yeah, what do you yeah. say to one of your guys who, take, who are taking your gadgets? And people, that's the last category, and not unimportant, once you've qualified people, how do you get rid of them? And there's also an opening uh, for that. So that's the, the theme of the, uh, of the book, yeah. It is really neat. It's, <laughs> it's fascinating. But I, no, I think you're absolutely right. Do all salespeople have to be extroverted? Or no. no. Can no. they be introverts? It's a good question. Um, they think they all have to be extrovert. They think that. Um, or, for example, when you have technical people at your uh, booth, they think, oh, yeah, we're not so good. I always say the technical people are the best salespeople. Yeah? But you have to know what is the strength of everybody. You need a few guys who bring in the people from outside. Yeah? Yeah. But some people don't like that kind of work. It's okay. As long as you know it from each other, then it's okay. But that uh, for that, you need upfront planning, knowing where the competences of all the, uh, the people are. Uh, but now you don't have to be extroverted. I mean, some people like it when someone is handed over to them, like, oh, this is uh, Jeff, and he's, he's uh, interested in that and that. Okay, and then they can finish the job, and the other guy, the hunter, goes out again and yeah. talks to anyone. So you're you're creating a whole system here. Yes. Which people totally ignore for the most part. Oh, <laughs> you're working the booth. Everybody's going to do this. You scan the badge. We want to get the lead we want you know it isn't the level of sophistication nearly what you're talking about and it's not playing to people's strengths there's a constant debate going on about whether you should staff the booth with salespeople or technical people or you know account management people or something like that first you know what do you see as the ideal kind of balance between like salespeople and and marketing people or other people in the company like who should be ideally staffing the booth yeah well those are the people who would really love to be at a trade show no matter what their position within the company is i like people who say this is my environment i feel free as a bird i want to be here mm -hmm. And the fun thing is, there. Uh, sometimes I have like uh, the the, uh, the young new people in the group, or people from uh, from from who are in the at the back office just entering the phone, and those people are magnificent people uh, on the booth. They're in the training, and and the boss says, "Oh, I didn't know she or he were, was capable of doing that." And oh no, I have those uh, those 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 expensive uh, account managers who don't want to go to. Ch I, I bring the young uh, people, um, so. For me, it's about motivation. If you really want to be at the show. So in the ideal situation, I always say to the company, um, let them do a small pitch. Why, why do you think you, uh, you, <laughs> you have to be on the booth? Yeah. Not all the customers are doing that because it's too extreme. 
but I would I always like to go away extreme because I want the real motivated people. Sometimes I have people say, yeah, I have to be there. I have to be there. A trade show is a is a gift from the company. Yeah, mm. they gi they're giving you a platform uh, where you can have so much. It, I, I, it, I always say it's a target rich environment. Yeah, it is. some people some people say, yeah, well, you know, and they and them. I say, who's they and them? Yeah, it's the management and these complainers. You know, they're not bringing anything to the table. Mm -hmm. And I will say to people, also at the start of the training, if you don't like what I'm telling you now, stay at home. Now, I'm Dutch, yeah? <laughs> I'm Dutch. And we can say that. And then the other day I had a director and he said, this man is right. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can say, and I'm not angry with you. I'm actually proud of you that you're so honest. And then two, three guys said, I really don't like it. Hey guys, stay. And they were so motivated to stay at the firm to get uh, everything which which was happening at the firm and yeah. and, and uh, be supportive. Yeah. And they were so happy that they didn't have to be there. It's totally okay. Yeah. So only the motivated people. Yeah, that's amazing. What causes you to be as passionate as you are? Wow, that's because I hope everybody can see. Like <laughs> they're not able to see you. No. <laughs> But you're as expressive, and I watch myself sometimes on video, and even and listening to myself all the time. And I think I feel a huge amount of passion. Yeah. But even watching myself on video, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel it. But then when I see myself later, I'm like, no, you were off the charts, man. You yeah. are really off the charts. Yeah. Where does it come from? Well, I'm. I'm. I'm my, my father was a teacher. And my mother, and my mother was a saleswoman. She worked in a in, in a shop. So I'm the, the the ideal combination. I know how to bring a story uh, across uh, with some background, and I have the the, the passion of uh, and, and energy of my mother. I uh, would say she came from a really artistic family, and she had a few actors and people who played played uh, classical music. So and I was a former DJ in my earlier years. Oh. So oh. Uh, I'm holding a mic now, and I held the mic for quite some time. <laughs> that, that does help and yeah well I'm, I'm as, a, as a person I'm an optimistic uh, an optimistic person so yeah th th whenever I see that that interaction I'm, I'm intrigued by human interaction I mean so I'm always on I always look around how do they treat me what do they do with me in all kinds of situations and and that does help to be honest yeah help, yeah, yeah. What, what has been like the most embarrassing situation or have you had any that you would consider an embarrassing situation uh, like internationally or on the show floor? And, and, and in, in what sense? What, what things well, I saw like, or what I experienced? as a Yeah, like something you did or someone's reaction to what you were doing or something embarrassing that happened to somebody else even. Yeah, well, no, no, let's, keep, let's be honest and keep it to myself. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, as you were saying, I'm passionate, I'm, 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 I'm full of energy. And then sometimes you think, oh, I can do anything. Yeah, I'm, this is, I'm born for that. And um, most people only want to talk about success. I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to talk to you about a major failure. I, uh, okay. There was an international company. This, and I did this some, is news now. Yeah, it's news, yeah, yeah. a major failure. <laughs> there was a company and I did several trainings for them, uh, both in the Netherlands, in Spain and in uh, Dubai. The year after they said, well, we know, we know your thing. Um, we want you to do something new. Can you work on the booth? No, I love to work on the booth. Uh, and I, they gave me a, a decent fee, so I thought, okay. And then I had to go to an international fair, and I, I liked it. And then they said, well, here's the script. 
And this was a medical device company, and uh, the script was controlled both by legal and medical. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I had to speak words from a piece of... Well, I had to learn them by heart, but from a piece of paper, yeah. which were not my words. Yeah. So I, I allowed them to take away what I'm best at is improvising. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, act in the situation. Right. And uh, total failure. Mm. Embarrassing. Mm. Embarrassing. I felt small. I felt, gosh, I, I, I didn't feel good. Stomach aches. Yeah. Feeling like, oh, I can, I, I'm not good enough, which is crazy because I had <laughs> gave thousands of trainings before and lucky me after. But uh, the company didn't hire me any, anymore. Yeah. They said, oh, no, 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 this is not going to happen. Lesson learned. I get the question uh, asked often, hey, can you do that? And I say, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, but yeah, we think you can do that. I say, you think, but I can't. Yeah, you've tried it. Well, I tried yeah. it. And, and and if you don't fall, you never stand up. Eh? I mean, that's, that's so simple. Uh, True. Yeah, well, for me too, and I don't do near the number of talks and everything you do. I do training and speaking and all that uh, and different kinds of things. But yeah, it needs to come from within. The yeah. better I know the stuff and it's my stuff, I can say it in a way. If I'm trying to memorize a script, that's like acting. That's a whole different genre. It's a whole different thing. You know? Jeff, within COVID, not... I did uh, things in the green screen studio. Yeah. Uh, and it was run by the TV people because they were some, some were out of the production agency. They were out of business. So they, they did stuff. And then I worked with a prompt screen. So where the text is coming and I was, oh my God. Yeah. I had to do a little text and like six times over. It, it, went, it went out and went well, but I was very unlucky. Yeah, uh, unhappy there. Uh, unlucky. <laughs> yeah, it was unlucky, but I was very unhappy. Yeah. And, and we had four, and there was a show I had to present. There were 4,000 viewers, but I was <laughs> just looking into the black, and the director stood next, next to the camera, yeah, like over here and this. <sighs> Crazy stuff. Yeah. Now, if I know you, you probably didn't enjoy that either because you, couldn't, and you no. couldn't see the faces no. of the people. And yeah, yeah, I've done some webinars too during COVID and like, you don't know if anybody's getting your joke or any of that because there's no interaction. You're just talking to the, the camera. Jeff, the people in my house, uh, well, I, I, I did it because it paid a, a, a small bills. Um, and the people in my house, oh, are you going to make noise again? Because the only thing I could do, make noise, act funny. I bought a good camera that people could see me and I was almost in the camera uh -huh. to, to, to get some engagement. But my, well, I, I wasn't happy. Yeah. I was so happy to give the first training. I almost, it was actually quite emotional. I was like, real people. Yeah. Real nasty coffee, which I don't like, and stuff like that. No, <laughs> Bad I, sandwiches. I, I, I understand completely where you're coming from in terms of being face-to-face -face again. And that's a huge thing. And it's very good to see it happening and being part of it. So I totally agree with you. Let's talk a little bit about the Dutch mindset and culture. Yeah. Now, yeah, very direct, obviously. Where does that come from, in your opinion? Like, what is the, the rationale? I mean, I have my view on why Dutch people tend to be so direct, but you tell us why they tend to be so direct. Well, well, and that's only in relation to other cultures that yeah. aren't so direct. So, right, no. if you were just looking at Dutch people and, you know, maybe not everybody's the same even in that. No, there is a variety in directness, to be, uh, yeah. to be honest. But, but well, you're, you're 
over asking me why it is. I know that it is. And I know that we have to be careful every now and then with, <laughs> with our directness. Yeah. And I noticed the difference. I often use the difference uh-huh. to my advantage. Yeah. Because if you tell people up front, then it's, then it's no problem. You forewarn them. Yeah. If you allow me, I have, I have a nice story about that. I had to do a two-day training, which was crazy, by the way, in, in my matters of planning, in uh, Saigon, in Vietnam. Oh, two yeah. days. Mm. <laughs> Took the plane on Saturday, was back on Wednesday morning. And I arrived there and I had uh, two days content. Um, and I knew in, in Asia, feedback is, is a different thing. And you have to be very careful and no, yeah. no, you don't want to harm anyone. But I had for two days content and I thought, okay, if I have to do feedback uh, in between with all the exercises, it's going to take me too long and then I cannot deliver all the feedback. Yeah. So I thought, what am I going to do? I thought, well, I'm just going to ask the group. I said, hello, my name is Han. I have two days of content and I respect your cult. I know and I can give the training in two ways. European way, Dutch, with direct feedback or Vietnamese way. And then you get one and a half days of content. But you get the soft landings and, and I'll be nice. <laughs> the what soft do you want? landings. <laughs> what do you want? Now, that was also a, an intriguing question because what do you want? Uh, they're not used to Answering have that, that direct, kind of, because yeah. the manager, uh, I say, well, hey, you're going to trade shows. Things are different there. So the lesson started. Yeah. And then one guy said, oh, um, European way. Mm. And I thought that was very brave. Yeah. And I thought, well, what am I going to do then? Uh, I did an exercise and there was one guy, I had to give him feedback. <laughs> you know, oh, no. I, I went berserk. I said, wrong. And the guy was through the roof. The whole group was looking at me for 10 seconds. I'm like, okay, this was not well. And then they started laughing so loud and the ice was broken. I could do it. Yeah, he come again. <laughs> it was so funny. And then you see, when it comes from your heart. Yeah then the differences melt away. Mm. People say, okay, so, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's what I love about me. Then I'm, I feel alive. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but you have to tell me, where, where does it come from, the touch? Why I, are we so direct? I think it yeah. comes from a position of trying to be honest and transparent. And anything less than complete honesty and transparency seems disingenuous to a degree. Yeah, so this idea of, I must tell you, clearly what I really think, or I'm holding back, I'm hiding, I'm not being completely honest. So it comes from a place of honesty and authenticity and being genuine, I think. Others are okay with the white lies and the, oh yes, you look great kind of thing when they don't really think that. And so I think it comes from a really good place which is that honesty, integrity, trying to be truthful and very clear. Uh, there's kindness in that. However, the delivery can sometimes be a little bit yeah, painful uh, and harsh. Uh, c'est le ton qui fait la musique, is what they say in French. It's a tone which makes the uh, the music, and yeah, there, there are differences, yeah. Yeah, so you you agree with that assessment? Oh, I totally agree, yeah, I'm, I'm flattered. Yeah. I mean, it's a very nice way to say it. And you it's were a, right. It's nope. a positive way to yeah, say it. Yeah, it's a positive right. way, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a positive narrative, and I like it, yeah, what, yeah. What I always find fascinating and scary at the same time for me, because almost all the time nowadays when I'm giving 
talks to, well, IFAS or whatever it might be, there are people in the audience from the countries that I'm always talking about for whatever reason. And I don't even know who's all there, you know, and even on the podcast, you know, people listen from around the world and I'm sometimes saying things that can be seem like a critique or not a positive thing, you know, and I worry for one, that they're going to say, well, you're wrong. They're going to call me out like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're wrong, whatever. But that never happens. They generally say, you're absolutely right. Like I had people from Germany in my session today. I'm saying something, whatever, in, in other places. I did a big training a few years ago with, oh, it's one of the big paper companies. I forget, um, well, the name of it, but you would recognize the name. And they had people from like, 20 countries all going to do a show in China that we were doing for them. And it was the first time many of these people were doing the show. So I'm brought in to do training for them. And they're from Brazil, they're from Korea, they're from everywhere and talking about China. And then, so there's people there from China too. So the other show was in like Brazil, I think. So I had to do talks on both for all of them. And inevitably you're, you're going to say stuff that I'm worried, like how they're going to react. But they almost without fail come up after and say, no, you're absolutely right. You pinned it. And uh, so that's encouraging in a way, but at least means I'm I'm not off base. No. But that's been kind no, of an and, interesting and, and, thing. And honesty and intention is is very, uh, very important. And, and well, if we can go go sharp, I, I once trained in a, in a, in a country which would lie uh, next to uh, India. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went to a, a fair in, Ger- in Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was training for the Dutch government and, and they have technical people checking the products and they say, these products are as good or even better as German products. Oh. But they still came from a certain country. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how am I going to explain to them in a, in a respectful way that they have to deal with that, yeah, preposition pre uh, that people say wow yeah well uh, product can be good but I'd rather take the German product and I my advice would be to address that immediately because you can have a long conversation but if they were not going to buy but I wanted to do it in a delicate way so I said to those uh, to the group I said well guys uh, just general talk I do training internationally and in four weeks time I will be going to Colombia the whole group, oh, Mr. Han, oh, Mr. Han, Mr. you better watch out. I said, why? Yeah, well, you know, uh, drugs and this and that. Well, well the, the mm-hmm. standard thing about Colombia. I said, oh, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. You want to know what my friend said when I was going to your country? <laughs> and there I had them in the corner. Yeah. Oh, probably this and this and that. I say, yeah, that's all true. And I, I do not see it here. I do not experience it. But this is what potential buyers will think. And they were glad. They said, probably everybody thinks it, uh, that, but you are actually telling us. I say, yeah, I want to be genuine. I want you to be successful. Yeah, You yeah. go to the Hanover Messe. You want to sell your uh, product, which is probably even better than a German manufactured product. But I don't want you to have the disadvantage of the heritage of your uh, country and stuff which happens internationally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Interesting. That is that good. Is, and that's, the, a, but then that's a good one. It's also scary yeah, sometimes because you see, well, oh, am I going all right? Yeah. Um, and we got instructions from the government. Yeah, don't do this, don't do that. But yeah, I, I do not like that yeah. as a person. I think, well, 
I'm gonna do that because I want to help those people. Yeah, and you need to be honest with them to yeah, help them. Yeah, and, and otherwise I would not be honest. If people want to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, www.salesandpepper.com Okay. Or go on LinkedIn, Han Lenaerts. I accept everybody. <laughs> I'm not selective there. I'm on LinkedIn, Han Lenaerts. Then you, then you can find me. Well, it's been a pleasure, <laughs> Han, having you on the podcast with us. And uh, thank it's you my for pleasure, sharing Jeff. all hey, this well, information. We'll see you on the stage in Düsseldorf. How nice is that? I'm looking forward to it. So this has been part one of a two-part interview with Han Leenhouts, so stay tuned for part two coming out soon. We like to remind people that all business is conducted within the context of culture. So each episode provides insights to help marketers understand the cultures they're trying to reach and strategies for building bridges across cultural divides. If you like the Global Exhibitor podcast, please share it with others, subscribe to it, and rate it on iTunes. We greatly appreciate the feedback. Please also check out our website and blog at www.globalexhibitor.com. And finally, if you or someone you know would make an interesting guest on this podcast, please let us know by sending an email to guest at globalexhibitor.com. And until next time, thank you for listening.